0: you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So, so are you ready to get into God's word this morning? Yeah. All right. So close your eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for our family, for our friends, for all of our guests watching and listening and with us this morning. We pray, Lord, that as we sang, Lord, that you are closer, 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 Lord, Father, than even our skin. Father, we just say thank you for this relationship. No one else, no one else could design a more perfect relationship than the one that you have Instituted with your sons and daughters, Father, we are here. We want to be receptive and open to your words in our lives, Father. We just pray that we may receive your words and not just be listeners, but also doers of your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. You know, our heavenly Father isn't anything like a a mythical being that lives in a in a lamp that you. You you rub and 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 summon him so that he could grant us wishes, as many Christians treat the relationship with God to be, as if God were a genie. No, our God is a relational God. Somebody say relational. He's a relational God who cares deeply and intimately about his. Children, do we have God' children here today? All right. So this is what Jesus said about His Father. This is what Jesus said about His Father. Who said this? Jesus said this about His Father and about your Father in heaven. What did He say? Out of Matthew chapter seven, verse eleven, He said, "So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children." How much, how much, how much, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? The line here I want you to focus on is how much more will your heavenly father give? Jesus wanted his disciples to know then and now that no matter how much love, you have for your children, your heavenly father has more. Did you hear that? No matter how much love, the Coopers are back from the Puerto Rican parade. So no matter how much <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I saw Chris out there selling acapurrias and pinchos and pastelillos. I saw it, no. But but you love your children, yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah, you love your children. And if you love them, I want you to know that your heavenly father loves your children even more. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's, it's good to know that my heavenly father loves me more than my wife could ever love me. That my, it's good to know that, that, that for Becky, that, that God loves her more than I as a husband could ever love her. And there are are times that as single women or single men, we're desperately looking and yearning for someone to love us. And I'm here to tell you that you will never find anyone that will love you more than your heavenly father will love you. You got that? Good. Angelo's back from the Puerto Rican parade. I'm just, just messing with you. That's all you were already <laughs> he doesn't want you to be a child that is far off and distant but he wants you to be up close and personal you hear me your heavenly father wants to be more than your God and more than your father your heavenly father wants to be your friend I said this last week the week before It is possible to be a son. It is possible to be a daughter and possible not to be a friend. When I was raising my kids and I had my business, I had a painting uh, company and I did commercial painting. And every summer I'd had the blessing that I could take my two boys with me, Jose and Adrian, and I could take them with me to work for the whole summer when they were all from their school break. They weren't staying home, uh, doing nothing and being idle. They would come home and work with dad. And and I'd pay them a fair wage for their work. It was fair. It was fair. (laughs) They're here, are they? But it was a fair wage. It was a fair wage that they got paid and they, they in, in all honesty, they really, really worked hard. And um, we'd wake up in the morning and grab coffee. We'd have a little breakfast. I, I'd have them set up my work van. That was their task, to set up dad's work van. And they bring in all of the tools. There was a checklist that they had to go through, even though they, you know, they, it was it was tough sometimes. But they would go and set up my work van, and we'd ride uh, to work. And we'd go from one job site to another job site. Uh, we'd have lunch together and we talk business and we do invoices together. We did all of that kind of stuff together. And, and the van, the cargo van, and for anybody that's been in a cargo van, there are only two seats, right? The, you have the driver's side and then you have the passenger side. So Adrian would have to annoyingly sit in the middle in between Jose and me because he was the eldest. So Jose had the front seat and Adrian would annoyingly sit on this toolbox that I had right between us, and and he'd be like um, uh, Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber, annoying us both, you know. And that was his, he was just annoying us both, and that was, it was Lloyd Christmas, wasn't it? That was his name, was it? Yeah, and he'd do the screeching sounds, and the mock, ing, bird. I mean, we just, it'd be that, he'd be that annoying the whole time. Huh? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's who he is. I remember it, you marked my life. (laughs) The point is that we spent hours together. We worked together, we laughed together. Um, Many times we even argued together. And then summer would be over and it was time for both guys to go back to work, I mean to school. But I still remember till this day that hollow sound in my work van without the chatter, the laughter, the arguing, the annoyance of Lloyd Christmas. That entire day would be the most gloomiest day of my life because I would have to adjust to the void of these two wonderful kids that would fill my day And occupying not just my time, but what they occupied was my heart. Because we were together. Now I say this because in the same way that my kids would leave this void in their absence, we do the same to our Heavenly Father. When we turn away from our Heavenly Father and we go in the opposite direction of His presence, our Heavenly Father's heart also breaks. He too misses the chatter of our prayers and the arguments when we disagree with him. He too misses the joy and the laughter of watching us praise and worship. I want you to know that when you praise and worship, God is watching you. Your heavenly Father rejoices. When you're not ashamed to lift up your hands and make some noise and even sing off beat, have to I am so thankful for the mask cuz I don't know any lyrics. And the whole time I have the mask on and the guys are singing, I'm like, blah, 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 just making noises under my mask. No one knows, no one can hear me, but my father knows. That's my son being foolish, just like Lloyd Christmas. Look at him. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Kailani. In the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus tells the story of a father two kids and he tells a story that the youngest son, the youngest son demanded his share of his inheritance and that he left the father's house and that he lived, he squandered away his inheritance living um, loosely. Now, this son hit rock bottom. Anybody's ever hit rock bottom or feel like that? He hit rock bottom And he tells himself, there was no one else to talk to. But he was able to tell himself, I need to go back. I need to be back where my father is. I need to be in the presence of my father because there things are much better than where I am. But then he assesses the way he exited. He assesses how I left and his demand. So he says to himself and he resolves within that what I did has no forgiveness. I cannot be forgiven for the way I left. You ever feel that way? Like you can't be forgiven for the things we do? Yeah, many of us are right now living in guilt. Just thinking about, man, that's the way I ended things with my father. Well, this young man is feeling the same way. So what he resolves within is to say, when I go back, I'm not worthy to be a son. I'm not worthy to be a child. I'm not worthy to be a daughter. So when I go back, I'll just see if I can apply for one of the lower roles in my father's house. Maybe I'll be the servant or I'll be the landscaper. I'll be the cook. I I, I just know that I am not worthy to be his child. As the son is en route to his father, to his amazement, to his amazement, come here, papo, where's, uh, where's, no, I was looking for ugly face. Uh, where? I ain't seen you, see? Look, no, no, stay there. No, see, too late. Now he's going to get it. It depends, it depends on what you're going to get. You're going to get a good, wet, sloppy kiss. And the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says that when the sun was coming in direction to the father. Stop. At a distance, the father saw that his son was coming. And the Bible says that the father runs to the child, runs to the child, and he embraces him, right? And he doesn't stop there. He says, and he kisses the son. You know what? I'm glad. No, I'm glad it was you uh. Uh, (laughs) because. Listen, listen. As they were holding each other, the son had a long, drawn out, sobby story of his repentance, of all, a list of all the things he did wrong and why he wasn't worthy. And the father could care less. He just held on to his son. And the Bible says that he called out, bring out the robe, bring out the ring. We're gonna celebrate because this son was lost and he is now found. Now, have a seat. Many of us to prepare these sob- long sobbing stories of what we're gonna tell our father. And he says, I know what you've done. I, I, know, I already know. I know what you've done. However, you are back in my presence. You are back in my presence. And I want to restore you not to a servant status, but to a child status. Because you are forever my child. Now, this father... This father, and who's telling this story, by the way? It's Jesus. Jesus is telling this story. There was a line in that last song, um, the communion song. What was the last? There was a line in there that said um, qualify. It said something about, um, say it again. I don't have to prove a thing. And that's the problem, that, that we live our lives trying to prove a thing. To Prove that I dress this way because I'm a Christian or, or I speak this way because I'm a Christian or I, I do because I'm a... No, you don't have to prove a thing. Just like this son just said to himself, I'm better off in my father's presence. It's the same thing he's telling you this morning. Just run to your father's presence. Run and run fast. You hear me? Run, run fast and run today. And he loves you. He loves you as his child. But in his relational relationship and the connection that he has, he also desires us to be more than his children. He wants to be our friend. Are you listening? It was important for me to raise my children to not just be respectful to dad and mom, but also that we could grow up to be friends. I emphasized this last week. I'll do it again. If you are parenting If you are parenting and your children are home, then this is not the time to be their friend. Your role as dad and your role as mom is a governing role, a governing role. So while they are in the home as your children, then your role is a governing role. You can't be their friends and you shouldn't be their friends. You are an authority figure. That's what guardianship is all about. You got me? You got me. Hector is here, and I'm so glad Hector is here because I'm going to call him out. Hector, <laughs> he's like, man, I served the country. I'm a soldier. <laughs> uh, uh, when well my, my parents um, uh, adopted Hector, and he was only three months old when he came into her family. And then both my parents, after they adopted him, um, a few years later, they both passed away. So my, mom, uh, my father passed away first, and then my mother passed away subsequently um, just a few years later and uh so now uh Hector is in the house and he's an orphan and then me and Becky we kind of jumped in at the what 15 14 15 okay so that's when we jumped in and then but while he was home then I had to I was a brother slash dad figure a 30 figure and that's what I was I was an authority figure and and so I had to be a I was not his friend was I your friend Hector no <laughs> he <says> sometimes <laughs> i was friendly parents don't get don't mix the two up be friendly with your children but don't be their friend all right so i was friendly with my kids but i wasn't their friend i was an authority figure and i say i say this because i know i've, I've kind of gotten off the topic i say this because i don't want you to mess this up and think that i'm telling you as parents to be friends of your children you know you're not to be that there will be a time if you raise them, if you raise them right and you do it in a healthy way, once um Hector left the house, while he was in the house, Hector had to pay, um, you have to pay. We had you paying all kinds of stuff, right? In the house. You think I'm joking? You got this whole American system where you're paying children for chores instead of instead of anyway. No, I'm just, just, it's because we jack up our kids. But, but so I, I was teaching my children about real life. Real life. Ingrid is already looking at her watch. She, she, don't do that. I got you, Ingrid. I'm talking to you. She like, oh my goodness, when is this thing going to be over? Hasn't been to church in like 19 Sundays. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you, Ingrid. I'm just joking you. I, I, that's why I, you, I have a relationship with Ingrid. So and she's like, "You better, because I snatch you out there in the parking lot." But, but, but in all reality, guys, my kids, my kids, they, I, I made them. I made them. They had to make sure that they covered these expenses at the house. That they knew the expenses in the house, and it wasn't because we needed it. It's because we wanted to prepare them for the real world. Do you understand? And they had, they didn't have chores. They had contribution to the household, so they had to clean baseboards. Oh, they love cleaning baseboards. Beautiful, how they oh they just clean all the baseboards in the house and wiping windows down and cleaning toilets and bathtubs. And listen, if you have children, your life as mom and dad shouldn't be harder; should be easier. It should be easier. So if your if your life is harder and you have kids in the house, something is wrong with your parenting method especially if they're adults. Let me tell you. Oh, why you all? So then Adrian and, and and Jose and Alex, I had adults in my house. And as I had adults in my house, then things got lighter around the house. It got it got lighter around. It got easier around the house. not harder. So I say all of this because I remember Hector was the last one. You know, he, he running. You better so, so Hector was the last one to leave the house, and he leaves the house because he, found, he hears that um, Alexis is getting married, and Alexis is getting married. That means that he's going to be the only child left in the house. <laughs> My man said, I'm not going to be left with this dude. That means, oh, no, I got to get out of here. And then Hector, so Hector got an apartment and he 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 left. He left on his own. And it was funny because after a few weeks later, Hector then comes to the house on a Friday. On a Friday, comes to the house randomly. And is sitting on my couch. I'm like, oh so what's up, son? How you, how you, is everything okay? Yeah. Okay, it's Friday. Yeah, I know. you're off, you're free, you're, 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 I was just bored, just hanging out. So I sat on one sofa, he sat on the other sofa, and then I looked at him and I said, now we can be friends. While you were in my house, I had to give you instruction, I had to be an authority figure, I had to give you discipline, so that now we could be this. Now we could be friends, we could laugh, I could joke around, all of that, so whatever, you know why? Because got your own place. I got my own place. All right. But the problem is, the problem is that too many parents, and I know that I kind of, you know, got off topic here, but I just wanted to give you that little nugget because I, you, you got to stop being friends with your children. Stop it. Ch- and I said children. Adulthood it will be the season for you to be friends. If you do the childhood part right, you can be, can be real good friends as you guys are adults. You hear me? You got that? You sure you got it? All right. Make sure. I'm just, just just making sure. All right. So where was I? He doesn't want you in a foreign land, squandering away the inheritance. That, by the way, the inheritance, though though it belonged to the child, the inheritance came from the father. Let me, let me make that point clear. He wants you in his house. He wants you filling his heart with joy. Look, I got people clapping here on the... <laughs> people clapping. Yeah, Pastor. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So for those that are watching online, those that are watching online, stop being friends with your kids. All right? Be a parent. All right. So he wants us to fill his house with joy. Jesus and his father had a relationship that was that was a relationship of friends we see this in the way that Jesus prayed before being crucified Jesus didn't just pray to his father listen to this kind of prayer go to Mark chapter 14 verse 36 he said Abba father somebody say Abba Abba, Abba father he cried out that's what he cried out what did he cry out He cried out, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Is that it? There's more. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Go to Romans. I want to keep the same theme. Go to the next verse Romans 8, verse 15, 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Are you listening? Many of us serve Christ. We serve Jesus as fearful slaves. All right, he says, you have not received. A, 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 instead, you receive, you receive God's spirit. God's spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now, now somebody say now. now, now. What do we call Him? What do we call Him? What do we call him? Abba. Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. I'm not his child because of a prayer that I repeated when someone asked me to raise my hand, repeat after me, and say this prayer. And I'm not his child because I go to church on Sundays. I'm not his child because I attend whatever the pastor asked me to attend. No, I am his child because he has given me his divine spirit to be joined with my spirit and joined together. He doesn't want my reverence as a servant, but my heart and attention as a child. You got that? Go to Galatians chapter four. Galatians chapter four, verses five to seven. God sent him to, to what? To what? Buy. To buy, buy freedom for us who were. You what? Were. You were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Next. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into where? Into the, into the church building. Into the pastor so that the pastor, Where? Your heart. Where? Your heart. Prompting us to what? To call out, Abba, Father. Continue. Now you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Get that? Yo, that's good stuff. This is why we're doing the reading on Wednesday night so that you can understand what all belongs to you. Many of you are crying as slaves, and he's like, oh, I already purchased you. You have a ticket of redemption. You, there's a receipt of redemption all over you. Now, I'm, I'm yours. Listen, um, Hector lost a dad and he lost a mom, but from the moment that he lost dad and mom... Becky and I were there to redeem. He is our child, and he can argue it. He can run away, and he can do all those things. He's our child, and he don't want to be in my family pictures. He don't want to be in anything I'm like. Oh, stop it! I'm just joking. But but he's our child. He's he, that's what that's what that adoption is. My child. It doesn't it doesn't mean you don't matter and you don't you're not part of no. You are an heir. You are an heir. So we got to fix our will, Becky. (laughs) Abba father is an expression of endearment. It comes from the Aramaic culture. Abba is the equivalent of daddy, daddy, daddy. If you are Hispanic, the closest thing to daddy is papi, papi. Papi. And and for and, and, and mom, you can say mom, but something deeper than mom is what? Mommy. Mommy. If you've been blessed with the gift of parenting, do we have parents here today? Parents? And and listen, if you've been parenting is a gift, it's not an inconvenience. Parenting is a gift, is not an inconvenience. I know some of you like to complain about your parenting tasks, but I would tell you, grow up and be, bl- and, and, and be thankful that you have been given the blessing of being a parent because there are many moms and many dads that don't have that gift. Right. So speaking about parenting, uh, every parent knows the different cries of their children. They, they know the screeching yells of their, of their, of their children. And and I like to hear Jessica's stories because Jessica always has a story about her kids. She's one of the ki- She's one of these parents that if she could get if she could get rid of her kids, she would. Like she, she, she would like that's, You know, I begged a different pastor because that inconvenienced me sometimes. But but I told I told Jess I wanted her to come up and just share some things. Just I wanted her to share something. Something that only parents know. If you are a parent, you all know that you can remove your mask on that side. Uh, No, but I need, no, she don't. Just closer to where you are in the camera shot, though. You're in the (laughs) camera. A little closer. I still, stop. I think you're good there. You're good there, okay. But as a parent, you have three kids. And these three kids, you know and I know that there are, different kind of cries different kind of cries that our children have depending on what the need is so so there is and, and I want you to show me because you have three kids so you pick which one whatever you don't have to tell us which kid this is all right but in my family it was funny because it would be Adrian and Alexis. They'd had, they were the ones that were real dramatic with their different kind of cries. Bappo's cry was different. I, it was just some confusing kind of cry. I never get that one right. But Adrian and Alex had, you guys know what I'm talking about. So you know that cry, the whining cry. What's that whining cry like for you, for those your kids? <laughs> what's it like? Really? That would be annoying. And that's probably, the, that's, probably the, that's probably the that's probably the that's probably the oldest one currently like there. That. <laughs> and and then and then there's the uh, I need mom or dad's attention cry. What's that one like? Daddy, hey, touch me. Okay. <laughs> and then and then there's the ooh I'm busted, I'm guilty. What's that one like? It's more of the <laughs> The what? That's the extra one. That's the extra one, right? It's, the, <laughs> it's more expressive than right. it is noise. Right, cuz cause, cause you want to interrupt while dad is or mom is talking, like, but that's, that's let me let me explain. Let me, let me You don't know. You don't see that that was Baba. Baba would try to, yeah. to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Adrian would have an asthma attack every single time. <laughs> yeah. And 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 this is my favorite. This was my favorite one. The my favorite one of all the cries was the silent cry. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like breathe, <grief. laughs> And that would be my kid. That would be Adrian all the day, like. Ah! and then we all know this one and i know you won't be able to explain it there is i can't even it. there is the cry when your children are crying out for an SOS a 911 cry can you explain that one Have a seat. You all know that cry. You could be working in the kitchen. You could be working in the closet. You could be working in the basement. You could be doing the lawn outside. And then you hear that cry. And that cry sends a oozing feeling through your back. And out of nowhere, this beast of a human being comes out and you run towards your children, and and you run towards your child, and your children know when to use that cry. Are are you hearing me? This cry gets your, 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 your parents exclusive and absolute attention. It immediately elicits a response from dad or mom. In fact, your brothers, your siblings even know that cry because they know when you use that cry that dad or mom is going to show up and what do the siblings do? <laughs> Papa would negotiate, I swear man, I give I'll give you anything. I'll give you some ice cream, I I'll give you my allowance. I'll give you any, please don't, don't, don't And I would show up. Is everything okay? Adrian would be like, <laughs> "You need me to handle anything?" Bob would be like, "Everything's all right, man. What is going on? It's emotional, pop? You know." When Alexis was younger, her purpose, sole purpose for existing, was to annoy her brothers. It was to antagonize her older brothers. No matter where in the house or in the vicinity of the house, she would open her mouth. And when she cried out, Daddy, there was like a silent alarm that went off. She knew. She knew. And the boys knew. Oh, no. He's coming. To me as a dad, I didn't need specificity. I didn't need the details. I I didn't need an explanation for me to stop what I was doing. I would instinctively know that I had been summoned, not as a genie, but that I had been summoned to my duty, my own, to to be the the, the one to provide a solution for whatever the situation was. They knew when I call daddy, he's going to come to resolve. That's right. Eden, she knows. Well, King David knew this far too well. This is why he said out of Psalms 18, verse 6 and 7, he said this, he said, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me, that's rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me and I did not put away his statues before me. Is there another one after that one? Okay, stop there. But right before that one, you gave me. I'm sorry, that was. Yeah, no, Psalms 18. Was that Psalms 18? Psalms 18. That's the one I needed, guys. Okay, thank you. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. Who did he call in his distress? Upon the Lord. He said, cried to my God for what? Part of the problem is that you're crying out to Facebook for help. You're you're crying out to social media to know the intimate hurt in your life. You're not crying out to your father. So you have all social media out there trying to solve the things where dad should be summoned to. It's it, no, they don't know. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and, and we'll do something maybe next week about your Facebook friends and your and, and your social media friends. I, I'm telling you. Listen. So he said, I cried out to my Lord and I cried out to my God for help. Notice that the pastor's not there. People in the church aren't there. I I cried out. I I have a responsibility and an obligation because he's my dad. He's mine. All right? And he said, he heard my what? He heard my out of his temple and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Good. Good. Eden, seriously? (laughs) I want you to understand that there are clear contingencies to how he responds and who he responds to. Notice that I said, Jessica has three kids and she knows from the three kids, and I know from all four kids, even Hector, when Hector got in trouble and he would cry, (gasps) Hector didn't cry like a normal baby. Just didn't cry like a normal <laughs> 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 It was like, what, you seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hector, you, Hector just, you can say anything to Hector. <laughs> all right, so listen. But the point is that we all know the different, we know the kids and their different cries. Notice that I said as a dad, if I'm in my backyard and I'm working and I hear these, I know how to arrive. But I want you to know something, there are times that there could be a neighborhood kid who's screaming and screeching and kicking and yelling, and guess what? I don't respond to that child. I just keep it moving. Because that's not my child. I don't have a covenant with that child. You've been to the mall and you've been to the stores where there are other kids crying out there, and you roll in your car and oh, go, smack that kid. Up. <laughs> like, you've done that. You've done it. I know that, so I know you do. <laughs> The point is, the point is, I know the children I have a covenant with, so I understand their deep cry. But there are the children that I don't respond to because they're not under my covenant as dad and mom. Are you getting that? King David is saying, I'm one of those children in covenant. So when I cry out and I lift my voice, my father responds. Are you getting this? So there were clear contingencies. So if we go back to that scripture now out of verse 18, the reason he said this part was, the Lord has rewarded me, has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. That means his actions, his deeds. He has recompensed me. He has rewarded me. For I have kept, what? The ways of the Lord and I have not wickedly departed from my God. That's why God shows up, and that's why God would respond to the cry. Are you getting that? For all his ordinance were where? They were where? Before me. So no matter where I am in the darkest time of my life, his ordinance, his word is where? Before me. Not an afterthought. Not somewhere that I crawl back to after everything else fails. People go during their moments of hardship, people buy books on money, books on relationship, books on seminars. And you go to everything else for help, but you run last to your father instead of running there first and keeping his word in front of you. Listen, he knows that you're hurting. He knows that stuff hurts. He he knows, he knows that you may look at him and like, man, dad, I feel like you failed me. You ever felt like that with God? Yeah. He, He knows that. But you keep him in front, before you. My renewed, my, my, my renewed relationship with God hinges on my relationship with my heavenly father. And I can I can promise you that if I hear the screeching sound of a child, but doesn't sound like my child, it'll do nothing to my ears. It does nothing to my heart. And that doesn't mean that I don't. It doesn't mean that I don't love Kalani, or that I don't love Krishna or that I don't love Coco. But yo, if she's out there having I don't know, it could be a tantrum. It could be I don't understand that. I don't understand that child. But I understand this, this cry out here with these guys. It's a different cry. Are you getting that? In fact, nothing is more annoying than to be in a plane with a child who's crying the whole ride, the whole flight. You ever been in a plane with a crying child? It's, it's an annoying. You're like, man, somebody just get this kid out this plane. Please. Please. Is that what it is? Show my age. Is, is really so. You guys are okay with a four hour ride with someone else's kid kicking the back of your seat, and you're like looking back. God is saying the same to us I move based on my relationship, not your church membership. And many of us think that God moves just because we're members of a church. Nope. In fact, in the last days, many are gonna say, Lord, Lord, in your name we did, and you and in your name, and you, you go, Depart from me. I've never known you. Even with your miracles, and even if even with even with all of the, the holiness and the things that you think are so divine, never knew you. Noah's intimacy. Based on what King David wrote, I want to give you these quick calls to action. And this is how we're going to end today. Calls to action. And these calls to action are, put them to action. Add this to your life. Are you listening to me? Hey, guys, I work hard on putting the message together. Like I really do. I work hard. Becky can tell you, don't I work hard on this stuff? I I don't have it in my back pocket. I work hard on this. And then you guys are out there quoting uh, T.D. Jakes and quoting Stephen Furtick, and you and I'm like, "Oh, how about your pastor, man? I got, I tried. Give me some, give me some love, man. Give me some love, man. And I'm like, oh, I'll be like, maybe this will be good for them. Maybe this will be a good one. Maybe this will make it to the page. Give me some love, man. Give me some love." Some, sometimes people will call me to tell me, oh, pastor, guess what Stephen Furtick said? I said, I don't care. Tell me what I said on Sunday. I worked hard on this message. So, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying? Will, tell him. Will, you know what I'm saying? I'm here. I'm here with you, man. I'm in the back smiling with you. Talk to me about Steve Furtick. Is it the time? <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Number one. So when I give you these actions, it's it's put them in, put, put them to work. Break this stuff down. You know, I look through our library and our archive of messages, and I try to give you messages that you can take with you and, and break them apart and apply them into your life and make them like, like, like easy for you to use and be part of your growth. All right. So so, so I want you to put this into action. Number one better your relational connection with your father, be his friend. Try to say, I need to go past just being a child of God. I need to be his friend. And you know what friends do? You know what friends do? Friends could be in each other's presence and share no words and still strengthen each other. You know what I'm saying? There. Man, there, there are times where George in the back won't say a word to me, but in my presence, he could just tap me on my shoulder or or just 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 give me a good nod, you know? And we say a lot, just with one good nod, just like. Number two. Be sure that your actions are a reflection of his word. Be sure that your actions are a reflection of His words, not how your emotions are being stirred up inside or your heart or or your feelings, but make sure that the way I'm going to act externally is a reflection of what's happening inside. Remember, after all, that when you became his child, whose spirit do you have now? Your father's. So now I have my father's spirit, and it's because of his spirit that I can now reflect different actions. Number three, guard his way. Guard his way. Be sensitive to God's way and his word. I, I can't stand people that have good good, good seasons where all they want to do is talk to you about God's Word, God's word, God's word, God's word and then they fall into a slump, a slump and all they do is wine and wine and wine. Where is God's you know that the Bible says the Bible said he said, my word does not come back void. it does not come back empty. If you're hurting, if you're in a slump, if you are in a dark place, if you are in a pit, don't run to hear quotes from Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil and, and, and Gandhi. And run to the words of your father. They will sustain you. Okay? Turn to his words. Number four, stay close. Don't depart. Stop Running away and start running in the direction of your father. Run towards the direction of your father. Stop running away. Number five, don't pick and choose the words from God that you're going to obey. Obey your father thoroughly. Remember, King David said, I've been recompensed. Why? Because his ordinance was before me obey his words to the last don't just pick and choose which ones you want to obey number six don't deliberately reject his instructions there are people that will deliberately reject god's instruction god doesn't say to do it that way but yeah he knows my heart doesn't care about what, what you feel in your heart just be obedient to his word are you are you listening think about you as a parent and the instructions you give your children and you tell your children hey son can you go to the refrigerator and go get me a Malta, or another uh, something different? Give me a, a coat, or or for um, for Angelo coat forty five. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just matters with you, Angelo. <laughs> and, and and then your child comes back with the wrong drink. I, I didn't ask for that, but it's refreshing. It's cold. It's the same. No. Bring back what I asked. And there are times that we deliberately reject God's word. We just deliberately reject it. I don't want to do that. Drag your butt to do his word. I'm gonna t- I'm here on the other side to tell you. Listen, I hurt, I have pain, I've seen my kids hurt, I've seen my kids suffer, I've, I've, I've had suffering in my family, I've, I've gone through it. The only thing that's changed it around for me has been. God's word, obedience to God's word. Listen, it doesn't mean that my hurt goes away. Or it doesn't mean that my suffering, uh, that I don't experience suffering. It just means that when suffering and pain and hurt comes along, I know that I can cry daddy and he shows up to comfort me. Do you hear me? You're a parent, you're a dad. Just because your child cries out to daddy, it doesn't mean you may instantly, the pain go away. no. No. Alexis broke her wrist twice. Just, I'm like, how? Broken wrist. "Ah!" And she's crying and her wrist is broken. And and I'm like, oh, my goodness. But listen, I I didn't make the pain go away. but, but, But what happened is that I was there to sustain her along the way that that pain was still there to comfort her through that pain. Do you hear me? All right. Lastly... Use, stand to your feet, use the screeching sound of your voice to call out to your daddy. Stop crying out to people on the phone and crying out to people on social media and just take a moment, pause. While you're driving, man, let me tell you my car, if my car could speak, my car contains all the screeching sounds of when I cry out to my dad, crying out to that dad crying out to my Father. I want to encourage you with all eyes closed, all eyes closed, all eyes closed, all eyes closed, all eyes closed. closed, I want to encourage you to cry out to your Heavenly Father, to pursue Him, to seek Him first, to run in His direction, not run away, to follow the instructions of His words over your life or whatever your situation may be. For your Father hears you, willing to be and come alongside of you to sustain you during your moments of hardship. So Heavenly Father, I want to pray over my brothers and sisters. I want to pray that whatever the hurt may be, Lord, you know it intimately. I pray, Father, that you may hear their cry, that you may hear their thank you again for checking out our podcast if you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing please check us out at www.scarletnote.org see you next time